myth, magic, medicine, and everything in between. Two doctors talking. Hi, welcome again to Myth, Magic, Medicine. Season three is a very special season. I have only guests who are, who are immigrant doctors. When they got to the US, they were coming from a different healthcare system, but fully trained doctors. And I thought as an immigrant who came before she went to med school, that that would be an interesting thing for people. And you've got 12 weeks to decide. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. My first guest is Dr. Mamta Kumar, who is, I would imagine, from India. <laughs> and, uh, which part of India, Mamta? From North India, from Bihar. Uh, okay. And you are an internist, correct? Yes, that's right. And also uh, integrative and functional medicine? Mm -hmm. Fabulous. How did you get here? Don't tell me it was on a plane. What brought <laughs> you to America? So I was born and raised in India, of course, and I went to medical college in, back in India, and I got married in fourth year of medical college. And my husband, he was an IT guy who was working for an IT company, and they had a project. He was here in the United States for a year. One, one second. How long is med school in, in, in your part of India? It's four years. At that, time, at that time, it was six and a half years, like five and a half years. So the, yeah, but after that, I think the policies have changed. You have to do two years of internship. I did one year of internship. And after that, I was fine. So internship is part of medical school. It is it in is most of Europe of, as well. It is right. part of medical school there. Yeah. Okay. So you are a married woman in India with a husband in the U.S.? <laughs> yes, because I was in the medical college at that time. Uh, yeah, that's how it was. It ours was an arranged marriage uh, back in 2000. You know, I always forget. Can I, can I just add, this is, this is not the scope of this conversation, but can I just put up a plug for, it was an arranged marriage, not a yes. forced marriage. It's a different no, it deal. No, it's like we had met each other. Right. It's the, it's the Indian team. version of Match.com or any yes. other. Yeah. Yes. We have families. <laughs> with aunties. People. Yeah. The aunties brought us together. We met in person in front of the family. And after that, we met separately. We talked over the phone. We knew each other's goal, which were in alignment. And we agreed to proceed with the marriage. Good. That's out of the way now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. So they, you you spent an additional two years after you married before you could come to yes, the U.S.? Because I was still in the medical college. And my husband, we agreed that we were even though we were married, we, he was just not ready to settle down already because he was working for the company. He was getting promoted. And there was, a, you know, opportunity for him to come here. We didn't know for how long. So he moved here. Oh, so you got married and he came. I thought he was over here already. So he, yeah, he, we got married. He went to London. He stayed in the U.K. for six months. And after that, he came back to India and it was all project dependent because he was still working for the Indian company's company, but they were taking the projects and he was traveling, you know, depending upon wherever his project needs were. So mm -hmm. after coming back to India, he came back here in Phoenix. So I finished my graduation and we were like, okay, so what should I do? Then I came and joined him here. My intention was to go back to India. I brought a lot of books here, like a whole suitcase, like 20 you know, KGs, which was allowed back, you know, the one travel backpack. We had, like, I bought all the books so that I could prepare here and go back to India and give my, you know, post-graduation entrance exam. That's what the initial plan was because mm -hmm. we didn't want to stay here. He didn't want to stay here because all our families back in India 
So our intention was to just kind of spend a year or two here, depending upon his project, and then go back. Mm -hmm. Did So your intention was not to start at any point? You weren't expecting to do postgraduate here? No. no. Did you want to do internal medicine in India also? Was that I the did. plan? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what changed? So you fell in love with Phoenix or? Not necessarily. I think a lot changed. I was still kind of here and I was noticing that back in India, the post-graduation and like in India, it's different. It's not the school which matters. It's the top, you know, 10% or top 2000 people will only get the seats. And mm -hmm. the worst part of that was like, I was born and raised in North part of India, which is in Bihar. And I was in very top of the list when you know, when the, you know, when I was given opportunity to choose the medical college. So you, depending upon your rank, you get to choose a medical college. So I obviously was going to be able to choose the top 10 medical colleges in India. And that's what I did. Like I chose the fifth medical college back in India at that time, but I had to stay away from my family. You mm -hmm. know, I chose a medical college in Mumbai, which was away. And my parents were in Bihar. My husband's family was somewhere, somewhere else. So I realized if my husband was here and I was going to be going through that exam again, then I didn't know which state I would fall into. That would right. mean for two years, we would be living separately. Yeah, just, just for clarification, I'm not sure whether I'm going to edit this to make it smoother. Maybe not. I tend to be very lazy. Um, it, the system is so very different. Yes. So you are still attached. I mean, obviously, we're still attached to academic institutions when we're postgraduate training, but you have to actually apply to the college. Mm -hmm. And when they will then tell you which hospital you're going to be apprenticed yes. to. Yes. <laughs> okay. Which right. didn't so, fit so well at that time. You know, after two years, I was like, you know what? What am I doing? Doesn't make yes, any sense. I'm a married woman. I'm not with my family and I'm not with my husband yeah, either. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. So what would I do? Like for three years. And I don't know, like India is very varied. Some parts of the country are very, very remote villages. And mm -hmm. I have to go for one rotation to one of those villages. Not necessarily I have to say anything bad or good about it, but it was very remote for my liking. And I just, I was like, oh gosh, like, I don't know how I would survive yeah. if I was posted in that place for a good three years with no phone or internet connection, not even like, you know, lights and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a different world. Let's, let's talk just a little bit about the practice of medicine in India. I mean, there is, it's got such a long history, but Ayurveda too, do you do that? Uh, there's so, there's so much. What the, 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 um, the conversation I had with one of the people who'll be on later in the season, which prompted this series, um, was she was talking about how she, what things she could say to a patient or if, if it was bad news, because you can tell somebody they're going home, that, that's, everybody's happy with that. But if you're going to tell somebody, they're probably not going to be able to be discharged from the hospital. She was not allowed. It, it just You just didn't give bad news to family members. And so there are so many things that are different that are so culturally specific. What's the attitude towards health? And, and You know, India is definitely different. At that time, when I was in the medical school, right now, definitely people have health insurances. At that time, they didn't. I was in the public, you know, the government hospital where the government hospital would provide all the medicines. They would take care of all the hospitalizations and stuff like that. You were supposed to pay minimal sliding scale co-payment or something like that. That's what I was aware of. I never practiced independently in India. 
I was always like supervised with my attendings and everything. So I honestly cannot speak much to that because I always was in that trainee mindset where mm -hmm. I would do the whole curriculum the way we do it over here, like, you know, collecting the whole the history and then coming up with a whole examination, coming up with a plan, differential diagnosis, doing a full physical exam. But, and, and then, you know, coming up with a plan, like, what are we going to do? I did have my conversations, but I cannot speak much to that. Like, you know, I, I never remember having those conversations with the patients where like, hey, I believe this is what you have, because I was like, oh, well, I think without attending, we will be back without attending. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, you use the UK system as a consultant and then the firm. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 The system is exactly the same here. Like, you know, like the intern, you would act as an intern. Like intern here would not go and tell them the whole diagnosis right. unless it's confirmed by the attending. So that's how it was. Right. No, intern, intern, resident, resident, attending, attending. Yeah. 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 Yes. Exactly. But I think things, I mean, things have changed definitely. I would, for a very brief moment when I was in the UK before I came to the US. Uh, I was a nurse, and if a consultant walked into an office, the nurses were expected to stand. That was that was the background I was from. Oh my gosh! Okay, that's gone. <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. But um, do you think that? Hmm. Do you think that Indian patients in India, obviously, there's a large diaspora, but Indians in India have a different attitude to whether they expect to get better or not, whether they expect, um, it's, it's a certain amount of you know, karma. <laughs> yes, the Indian, the, the way the medicine works over there is definitely different. And honestly, what I saw back there in like 2000 years and currently right now is still very different, uh, but physicians are still very well respected mm -hmm. for their time. Yeah, now there is still quite a bit of respect out there. And then even in the society, they could have their own private practice or private hospitals. So they have quite a bit of autonomy over there since they can directly charge the patients. And I really think, honestly, it's kind of very reasonable rates compared to what we have over here. Honestly, I and my husband were talking about, like, you know, how the healthcare system is here right now, that at one point, you know, if you have to get certain kind of treatment, you know, it might be. Oh, uh, medical tourism to India. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, just like get it done because you still have that freedom and the doctors are always going to be doing what's the best for the patient. There's no insurance people, middlemen and the business people in between like guarding, oh, you can't prescribe this medication to this patient or you can't do this or that. There's no, no third party controlling uh, for the most part. If you're not using yeah. insurance, I think the rates are very reasonable. And you can get it mm -hmm. done. Things done for you. Of course, if you have money. It's not yeah, this is the case course. for a lot, a large Otherwise, part of population. Otherwise, you have to go towards the health, like you know, the government system and stuff, and they might not be that advanced, mm -hmm. just because the government doesn't have that much funds too. So you 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 came over to the Phoenix area, and you decided then that you weren't going to go back to India. No, I was still, at that time, I didn't know, and I think my husband stayed there for like a year, and then we went back to India again, and we came to Charlotte again, and I still had my whole load of books, which I was preparing. Then I met, virtually met, there was some time, I don't know if, what, did we have Facebook at that time, was it Orkut, I don't know what it was, but I connected with a few of my batchmates, and they were like, they were already doing here, master's here, MPH here. And then they were like preparing for the USMLE and everybody was getting 99 and we were talking about all that. 
And then he was like, oh, so do you, so you have given your USMLE? I'm like, no, I'm not. And I, <laughs> so then that put a, that seed inside my brain, like, you know what? How about, even though we don't want to go back, but it seems like we have been here for two years on and off, mm-hmm. you know, it could extend for three years and I could just do my residency here. And the residency here is valid back in India. That was one of my things. I was like, oh, if I do a post-graduation here, in fact, it could add, I could stay with him, you know, as a family, we could stay together. I could do my post-graduation and we could go back. So that's what kind of got me into that. And I got all the books, which was needed. It just didn't take much expensive courses or anything like that. I almost DIY'd everything, sat down, locked myself off for four months, and then I got 99% So I was like, well, this means something. Then my husband was like, why not you just pursue this? You know, we'll see what whatever happens. So that was step one. Yes. Yeah. And and it did it was uh CS in at that time? Yes, that yeah. like we still had it. So I think that was still the April when I had passed. So from April to November, basically I locked myself up for a good nine months. So I was like, you know, nine months people have babies, like women have babies. And I gave this, like, you know, all the exams back to back. And I had my ECFMD certification. So I was certified by the year year end. Yeah. For anybody listening who isn't a physician, there are three main steps. Um, Actually, they've gotten rid of that clinical skills one. And that that trips up a lot of people because if they're coming from abroad, they've got to come to this country to one of six centers to take the exam. Before they know whether they're going to be in America or not, and it's pretty expensive. It's mm-hmm. expensive to take the exam. Never mind the travel and the hotel well, and all the rest of it. It was very expensive, yes. and I'm glad my husband was here working. You know, so we didn't have to convert the rupees to dollar to do this. But yeah, he had to support me through this. Did you take step three, or you did residency first? Took a I did residency. the residency first because I had only mm-hmm. done the CS, so I got in fact pre-matched. So I took the offer, and then I just kind of just continued. I did the use of the step three in the third year residency. Where, where were you in residency? Texas Tech Amarillo. Okay. Was your husband able to be local to you at that time? <laughs> yes. So, so what we did, you know, everything was kind of very planned. So when I moved there, his plan was to get into MBA. So he left his job, he d- did MBA, and he joined Texas Tech Lubbock, which was an, an hour and a half driving distance. So he would go there, stay there, and do his course and stuff. And on the weekends, he would come back. Yeah. So that's how we spent our years. Yeah. And some of those weekends, you weren't conscious. Yeah. You, you yeah and he would bring food <laughs> to me when I was working in the hospital, <laughs> cook, and I was bring him food. Yes. Yes. So when did you decide you were going to stay in the U.S.? I really think for the longest time, we were like, oh, whatever happens and whenever we decide to go back, we'll go back. I think things got a little more complex and complicated after having these, uh, after I became attending and I had some complex pregnancies and the most, my youngest daughter, she was born in 24 weeks. So she stayed in NICU for five months and after that, all the therapies and everything, you know, and that almost like sealed it that, you know, I don't think she'll be able to kind of get that much care, level of care back in India. So we are going to be just staying here. Not necessarily mm-hmm. need that, but our life is just way more settled now. We know the American system way better than the Indian system now because we have spent mm-hmm. here so many years. So with each passing year, it's like, okay, we are going to be here. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go back? I do go back for travel only. You know, we'll mm-hmm. just go back um, and stay there for a month and come back. But our last travel was right before pandemic in 2019. Hopefully mm-hmm. we can go back 
now. With the pandemic, we didn't want to travel. Um, but right now, awful long, awful long time in a sealed container. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But all of the children have been to India? Uh, yes, both of them have been to India. Good. Yeah. Not necessarily they remember much, but yeah, they have been there. So let's let's talk a little bit. Do you think the um, what what do you think were the biggest surprises to you when you started practicing medicine here? Albeit having gone from a fully fledged doctor to suddenly being a beginner run again in right. the American system. <laughs> I really think American system was very very different. Like you know, going into medicine was not necessarily like oh I wanted to become a doctor. Like I really think I was the first doctor in my family, let alone it be a female doctor mm -hmm. um so coming over here so i really think in the medicine the way i thought it there was art and you know science to it mm -hmm. but it seems like while i came here i remember back in medical college in india we'll talk a lot about art part of it like you know the bedsides you know physical examinations and stuff like that here it's all very sciencey and mm -hmm. it's like you know very technological like you need something some information oh go ahead and order this blood test go ahead and order the psychogram, MRI, CT, whatever. And sometimes, you know, even the conversation with the patients, even though something else is ailing them, we just stick to the science technological part of it and we just forget or like there's not enough time, honestly, I realize with the insurance limit, there's not enough time to provide that care what patient came for. They didn't come for CBC, they didn't come for this or that, they came for a headache or shortness of breath or whatever. And we forget to address like how it matters or how it affects the day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the amount of time spent in physical exam, and that is true pretty much of Western medicine, I think. Mm -hmm. um, you may even find parts of India have changed because things just seem to be getting oh, faster yeah. and faster. I was really, being my age, I, I now use Medicare and I went for the, you know, the annual wellness checkup. And if I brought up any new symptom, They've turned it into a different. Now what, what's the point of having the wellness checkup if I don't have? You know, if I can't tell them everything that's going on, why bother? <laughs> and I have a very nice Indian doctor <laughs> who's practiced here for a long time too. But uh, yeah, we seem to. Well, I think we are becoming over reliant on the tests. Yeah, and and less on our gut instinct. And on both sides, not necessarily just the doctors, yeah. the patients even did just one. Oh yes, if you if you don't do yeah. the test, then yes, yes that's, right. that's a problem for them. But yeah, that doing the test, coming to a diagnosis, not necessarily helps you. You know, from what you're going through. No, and then, of course we also adopted as a throughout the world, I suspect, suspect, is that you must have medication for it. No matter what it is, there has to be an answer. And of course, there's so many things that are right. There are medications we can give you that might help you cope with the symptoms, but they are not necessarily going to help you with the issue. Did you find, did, did you miss aspects of Indian medicine when you were here? Were there things that you would have done in India that you wish you had been able to get past the Dean of Science? <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting that even though I was the first doctor back in India who was trained, but Ayurveda and the way of living back in India is very different. Like, uh, like in India, there's not much dementia. In India, like, you know, my grandma just died right now. I think probably she was in the 90s. She still had very sharp memory until 80s. And I realized that when I came back here, I was diagnosed with autoimmune illness back in 2016. 
yeah, somewhere around that time where I was like a full-fledged doctor, I was an attending physician, and I, I started to kind of do all this Western medicine. I was taking the medicines, you know, what I, I was prescribed for. And I realized, honestly, at one point that I was having a lot of side effects and I couldn't even tell or differentiate what was the real disease and what was the side effect of the medicines because it was just a lot. So then I started after like two or three more years, I started to kind of go towards Eastern medicine again. And that was the reason I started to do my fellowship in integrative medicine. But I didn't want to kind of go into woo-woo medicine again. So that's why like, I looked up here in the Western culture, who are the people who are talking about this and who resonated with me. And one of them mm -hmm. was Andrew Weil, Dr. Mm -hmm. Andrew Weil. And he had this program, which was like a pretty acclaimed program. Honestly, it was just a weekend decision. I was kind mm -hmm. of feeling sick, feeling sick. And then I was like, gosh, it looks like my health is just declining and it will continue to decline. I was denied disability in the private life insurance at that time. So I made this all research and I talked to my husband, what do you think? You know, I'm thinking about doing this fellowship, not necessarily for the academic reasons to become an integrative and functional doctor, but I want to kind of understand a little bit more about my own health mm -hmm. and feel better about it. And he was like, you know what, if it helps you just stay where you are, and if you think it's, you know, helpful, just mm -hmm. go ahead and do it. And I honestly didn't even know how many doctors enroll into this, you know, whatever. And I looked at the, you know, the cost of it, and that was very high. And I didn't know if anybody like American doctors will be interested into this. And I was surprised that when I enrolled yeah, at the yeah. last minute, I went there, like in that batch alone, we had 80 doctors, mm -hmm. like from oncologists to neurologists to critical care, to all the specialties, to psychiatrists. And I kind of really felt at home with that environment where the holistic healing was taken into account. You know, not right. just a physical illness where, oh, for each abnormal lab or each abnormal test, you have a medicine for that because it doesn't equate that way. Yeah. I, I rather enjoy the fact that people don't like the word psychosomatic. They prefer mind-body. Would you please yes, translate those two, two words you just used that you don't yeah. like? <laughs> That's exactly what it means. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Now, you also practice functional medicine. Would you mind giving us a mini primer on the difference between the two? So honestly, I have done the uh, training of both, but I have never like full-fledged practiced. I did start a telemedicine practice on the side, but never marketed it a lot. But there is definitely a difference between the integrative and the functional medicine. I really think integrative medicine focuses more on healing from inside out. And it mm -hmm. will take care of all the mindset, the behaviorals, the habits, and the things which we eat and the environment we are in. And it will work on changing all that to take care of the health. And the functional medicine is a little different. They go still with a little more diagnostic eyes. And I don't know, and I don't want to kind of, I don't know how to say it exactly. So they still advertise or they want you to do certain kind of tests checking on your hormone levels, checking on your gut bacteria, checking on this and that, which I'm not sure I'm too fan of. So that's why I identify myself being more of an integrated physician than the functional, because at mm -hmm. one point it comes up down to be monetizing that by ordering all this bunch of tests, which are not covered by the insurance, and then giving you this bunch of supplements, which are not covered by the insurance as well. Right. I don't know if that's what provides the better care than the integrated medicine. Yeah. I really think you can just work on and modify all the environments rather or without doing the test. Yeah, it does sound, I'm, I'm going to cut this piece out. Um, 
<laughs> don't want to offend people who practice tantra. But I do. You see a lot of other medicine adjacent people. Yes, practicing functional medicine. Practicing and they're not doctors. No, and they're not doctors. And yeah. that's. But my my concern. What I like about the integrative model mm -hmm. is that we have a, the body has a phenomenal ability to heal itself. Yes, not everything. Somebody's yeah. going to be sick, and you yeah. can always fall down and break a leg, and that's kind of. Yeah. Hell too. Yeah. But but it allows your body, if you have decent sleep and proper food for your body, and everybody is a little bit different, mm -hmm. all of those things would have we have a better attitude to keeping ourselves mm -hmm. ready to heal so that we can carry on and have productive lives. Productive always sounds like you're going to go out and make millions. That's not what I mean. I mean, <laughs> a happy life. Right. <laughs> where you, you get up in the morning, you have a nice day, and then you go to bed. Do you practice differently now you've learned integrative medicine? Definitely. I think my whole life has changed. And earlier, I felt that I had to continue to work for those 12-hour shifts, seven days a week and stuff like that. Now I'm like, if my body cannot take it, I'm okay with taking it easy. And then mm -hmm. just doing it, coming up with the terms with that, you know, I, I don't push myself to extreme at all. I definitely think I've changed as a parent as well, because, you know, I really think I'm looking and raising my kids to be more well-rounded people rather than being a very academic people who are doing well in the school, but are internally very unhappy trying to chase that mirage, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm definitely a very different person going through that integrated model, which resonated so well with me. And then just make, meeting those peers who saw, who thought the same, you know, mm -hmm. I, I really felt like, okay, so I'm not the only one who's crazy enough to think. <laughs> I honestly think, you know, that was definitely a, a, a lot of it, like feeling like I'm just such an outcast. Honestly, when I enrolled into integrative medicine for a year and a half, I never told anyone because I was working in a hospital you know, the, everybody was very technical, integrative. But, but a, a lot of the larger academic institutions have integrative medicine departments. Now, or maybe in the last two years, but not like five oh. years. I got in, enrolled in like 2018, I believe, if not 2019. So at yeah. that time... Maybe, maybe it's also region-specific because, I mean, yeah. I used to go to Jefferson like 20 mm -hmm. years ago. They had an integrative department. Oh, they did? Um, it may, may have been more prominent over over yeah. here a bit but yeah. arizona i would have hoped to realize so in austin texas so in past three years i've seen a lot of people showing up like okay. not necessarily even their mds but they are like calling themselves specialists in this arena so that was three years ago but i was into this training like a year and a half before before it kind of exploded in this town here mm -hmm. so at that so, time I come, mm -hmm. so now how are you using your training what are, what are you what is the emphasis of your work? That's now? an interesting question because, you know, I have been, I did start a telemedicine practice, which was integrated care MD. That was like two years ago. And I also started a health coaching business on the side, but I also do a full-time, like I, I'm, I invest in real estate and I've been, that has been doing well. So staying with those core values of integrative medicine, if I have autoimmune illness and I want to leave that well-balanced life, I realized that I couldn't be doing all these three professional things at one point. And mm -hmm. now I'm coaching other medical professionals about their own financial journey. So it was like four things, which I was trying to do in limited hours, which I work because I don't work like eight to 10. And you, you still have two kids. I still have two kids. <laughs> so I had to decide and let some things go. 
for right now. Not That doesn't mean like forever I'll not be using it. So for now, I have decided to not use or like stop working on the integrative and the functional medicine side of the things. Just focus on my real estate and helping other physicians achieve their financial freedom. So these are two focuses with my kids and my own health. So these are four priorities. And it was a very hard decision to kind of mm -hmm. let go of something which I feel very passionate about. But what would be the point if I cannot implement what I learn or talk about? So uh, right. physician I, heal uh, thyself. No. Yeah. Do you... Um... Do you anticipate going back to medicine at some point? Are you leaving that I'm door still open? Licensed. I'm yeah. still licensed and I'll continue to practice. No, like I'll continue to stay licensed. And I did try to kind of go back to some peer and local jo locum jobs so that I can continue to practice. But the hours requirements are still brutal. They're like, oh, mm -hmm. you, you want you to do 14 shifts. You want you to do seven shifts for like this many hours. And yeah. I don't think I can handle that. So I'll probably maintain my license at one point, just kind of go back to my own private practice, which I have planned for. Because my mm -hmm. vision of having the health and the wellness is way different now after going through my own health issues, my daughters, and you know, going through this integrative and functional model, uh, mind-body connection models. I really think you know, just practicing medicine where you are taking insurance, doing the test, and prescribing the medication, all which is covered by the insurance, I really think is the insurance which is directing the care, not the doctor yeah. or not the patient. So I don't want to get into that model. Well, two, twofold, because there's also fear of litigation. Yes. Which, yeah. which drives yeah. an awful lot of testing. Yeah. yeah. That brought us to a mention yes. an attorney and doctors go quiet. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to say? Because we are running out of time. <laughs> Now, I'm like, I, I think what's important is for each one of us, like either we are physicians or not physicians, just kind of staying in alignment. I really think lots of diseases are even caused without like going out of alignment. We try to fit into the same box as physicians, like, oh, physicians are supposed to be the square fitting in this puzzle of right over here. And each one of us, even as physicians or as human beings, we have different roles. We have different inherent characters. So it's kind of very important to kind of just come in alignment and just create the life which you seek and which is good for you and your family. Uh, this was a late realization, but after I realized this, that I have been able to kind of let go of things which doesn't resonate with me anymore. And I really mm -hmm. think I have like way more fulfilling life now after this, all those experiences. Let's, let's go with the stereotype for a moment or two, since you're Indian and Indians are, are not uncommonly sort of Strongly encouraged to become doctors. Yep. <laughs> um, how do your parents feel about, how does your family back home feel about your stepping away from more clinical medicine towards? Um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of interesting uh, because, you know, my mom was here when my youngest was born and she was in ICU. And I was kind of almost getting pressured to go back to work from work. I didn't want to, but it was very interesting to notice that my mom felt it was okay that I should go back to work. My husband felt the same too. So I, I couldn't voice that at all. So this time I, I didn't talk to anybody. I'm like, okay, I'm doing real estate on the side. They always knew that I was doing real estate on the side and they didn't hear about me not going back to medicine unless I was successful in real estate already. Okay. So I think they have already seen I'm doing fine in the real estate. So I think there has been no pushback or anything like that by now. All right, so good. Yes. Are you you said you have a course that's fully booked right now? 
Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So you're not, not looking for new people? Will you be doing it again? Not right now, but we'll be probably doing it in fall again because there has okay. been just so much demand. Okay. So we'll make sure that all your contact information are in the show notes. So, sure. but just in case anybody's listening on a podcast, doesn't have a piece of paper handy to write it down or they're in the car, could you say out loud your, the, the, uh, the URL for your contact? Yeah. So, so the website is fastfiremd.com. Fast fire, fire. It's like fast com. even though I don't believe in retirement, but yeah, financial freedom for sure. I like freedom. I like to feel free. Well, yes, but I mean, the nice thing is be financially independent so you can do what you really want to spend your life on earth doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. We'll have many, many more conversations. I'll think of other things to talk to you about. (laughs) Thank you so much. Same here. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for joining us at Myth Magic Medicine. If you have found this episode useful, you can apply for free CME credit through the link provided in the transcript. If you're not a medical professional, please remember, while we're physicians, we're not your physicians. So please consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you have heard might apply to you or a loved one. Until next time, bye-bye.